we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Reset's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. That's you, Merced. Water. Winton. Legrand. Can't forget Legrand out there. Down there in the, uh, where are they? Northeast, west, or south. As you're coming up from the north, you can't miss Legrand. One of the, uh, I think one of the first exits. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning. Saturday morning, I have to do everything myself. As you know, Dave Luna, the big kahuna, coming here uh, in here in a few hours. And if I don't leave everything just right, well, his cruising around with Dave just doesn't go well. Let's see. Let's get set up for the for the outgo, as we call it. Okay. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning, May, what is it, 15th, the 8 o'clock hour. So happy. There we go. So happy that uh, you're here with me in this segment of Citizen Watch, the first segment, the 8 a.m. hour. I want to thank Lauren Ganella for coming in last week, uh, spending a lot of extra time. He thought he was only going to spend an extra 10 minutes. Turned out to be 25. Great interview. Uh, we probably could have spent another hour and a half together. If folks missed that uh, last week or this morning, we played the first part again this morning at 6. The uh, bonus half hour at 9 will be dedicated to the balance of that interview. So the folks that Heard the first part at 6 a.m. this morning. Can can hear it all, all of the content. But if you'd like to go back, go to 1480kyos.com. That's our website. They're all there. Just click on the podcast banner. Citizen Watch will pop up below that. Community Conversations, our good friend Roger Wood. Six great segments every week. His shows are automatically archived. For those folks that want to listen to Community Conversations, they're there. And uh, the Lauren Ganella interview, along with today's show. What you're hearing right now will go up after 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on the old internet there. We like you to listen live. Don't want to put it up too early because we have commercials. No commercials in the podcast. Those are just uh, just the uh, just content, so you don't have to suffer if you're anti-commercial. But we do like you to listen to the station live, which you can always do at just 1480kyos.com. It can be streamed live anytime you want. I wanted to let folks know before we get too far into the show, today, Saturday, May 15th, from 1 to 3 p.m. over there at 545 West 26th Street. That's right. A drive-by parade to celebrate the 90th birthday of E.J. Amo Lorenzi. Mr. Lorenzi Amo, he's turning 90 years old. I think his birthday is actually, I don't know if it's past or it's, it's next week, a couple of days. But we're celebrating it today because it's Saturday and people are off. And it's the original Our Lady of Mercy school building where Alma went to school over there. But way back in the day, he was successful in getting that later in life. Great story a couple of weeks ago. I think last week in the Merced County Times. But again, I wanted to let folks know the celebration is today. 545 West 26th Street. Starts at 1 o'clock, 3 p.m. It's going to be a drive-by situation uh, because, again, we're not quite, you know, we're still in the red. Can you believe it? I thought we'd be a lot better, you know, at least orange. Everybody around us is orange. I'm not sure. Is Mariposa yellow yet? Anyway, Saturday, May 15th, 1 to 3, enter the parking lot behind the Spanish Mission-style building through Canal Street. Follow the parade route and the other cars westbound toward M Street and Applegate Park. Please come by to wave your greetings. So it's really nice to not only see the OLM school, which a lot of people think, hey, it's over there on uh, Santa Fe, isn't it? No, that's, the, that's actually the new one. 
believe it or not, that was built in the 50s. This one was uh, quite, I forget when it was built, 30s, 40s. Again, it was in the paper there a couple of weeks ago. So congratulations, Almo. Happy birthday. Great listener to the show. Always, uh, always not always, but every once in a while, makes a, makes a couple of uh, comments, critical comments that, you know, we could always, uh, you know, improve. And I always appreciate those. Again, a great family, uh, pillars of the community, giving a lot to the community. So if you get a chance, drive by. Vaccine-free Studio C seems to be that uh, now we have a abundance of vaccine. I was talking to one friend that follows the supply, and, uh, you know, it was hours and then days. And now I guess we're over a 30-day supply of vaccine. It's my understanding some of this stuff does expire. I heard uh, one county, I think it was Fresno, Johnson & Johnson, thousands of doses that are about to expire. And no arms to uh, put them in. Nobody wants the jab over there in Fresno. And we're finding the same thing here in Merced County. I don't believe we've even hit 30% yet. I think we're still in the 20s. Dr. Sullivan, our epidemiologist, is taking a much-needed break from community conversations on our airwaves for a couple of weeks. Hopefully, when she gets back, we'll have some more information. I know it can be found on the dashboard, but it's always good to hear from Dr. Sullivan. But the vaccine resistance is a big deal and now we've seen the flippy floppy the uh, you know which way do we go joe uh, telling us hey no more masks you know that's not necessary if you've been vaccinated but if you haven't uh, you know wear a mask until you are it's your choice so uh, kind of a draconian measures there for those folks that may not want to get vaccinated again personal choice is is fine as long as uh, you know the choice is the one they want you to make so i don't know We're, we'll see where it goes but uh, a lot of vaccine out there a lot of you walk into CVS, or somebody right there in a lawn chair, you know, ready to, ready to stick you. And so it's uh, it's very very accessible. And of course, we've heard the children, the youth in our community now. I think it was twelve and up uh, was sixteen and up. Now it's twelve and up. Pretty soon it'll be you know infants. They'll probably do in vitro uh, in vitro uh, vaccination. I don't know. It's gonna it's it's uh, you know they want to get everybody there. I guess you know the thing I. I guess what it does is it takes away the excuse of the California Teachers Association, some of the unions that uh, are, uh, you know, dragging their feet, kicking and screaming to get back into the classroom because of safety, quote unquote. And this really takes that argument away when the children, the staff, uh, everybody's been given or offered the vaccine. So again, it gets down to personal choice. And it's funny to me, the mask situation, they now say, well, if you have the vaccine there's no need to wear the mask and the only reason to wear the mask is for people that haven't been vaccinated to protect themselves because uh, you know figure it out if you've been vaccinated well you can't catch it or it's not going to have the severe consequences so they say so what is the purpose of those that don't want to get vaccinated to wear a mask aren't they kind of making their own personal choice you know my my mask my body type of thing i don't know but, uh, again, we'll see if the uh, vaccine passports, the, uh, you know, tattoo on... Well, no, it won't get that bad, will it, on the floor? No, maybe a chip. I don't know. Some people say the chip's already in there. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you walk through the scanner, you know, like, uh, you know, if you accidentally forget to pay something, beep, 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 you know, because the chips, the chips aren't registering. I don't know. Who knows? Hey, we had a truck alley rally this week. Speaking of drive-by things to celebrate... Uh, over there in the uh, the mean uh, the mean streets the mean alleys of Merced Thursday I don't know how well it was attended I drove by the park uh, Applegate Park looking for the staging area This is the mayor Matt Serrato's ongoing cleanup of Merced which uh, if you've driven around there's no shortage of trash I found interesting interesting that the same day 
that the good citizens that had nothing to do, maybe with the stimulus money, I don't know, they loaded up the, uh, you know, the truck with, with gas and, uh, and friends and cruise the alley. But, but at the same day, the city of Merced picked up 15 tons, I believe. Maybe it was seven tons, maybe 15,000 pounds. A lot of trash over there on our beautiful new campus parkway. Merced Campus Parkway over there where you come into town from the north, going northbound from the south, uh, if you're driving up from the south, going northbound. Beautiful Campus Parkway has been invaded uh, by the homeless folks. It's because, you know, as they get pushed out of one area, they just move into another. And I think 13th and G is is filled up. They're taking applications. There is a waiting list, similar to uh, some of the housing developments in Moraga and Bellevue. Uh, there along the freeway, 13th Street. I think we're trying. What, would, what did the mayor say in one Facebook post uh, when somebody complained about the blight over there along the on-ramp? Uh, why can't we clean it up? He says, hey, we're trying to get a maintenance agreement with Caltrans. How, not, how quaint. I mean, and maybe they'll have an HOA. I don't know. Maybe they should chart, start charging some monthly fees over there. You know, a quarter gram of meth. To Anyway, the uh, pickup of the city crews. Over there at Campus Parkway, 15,000, 15 tons. I don't know. It was, uh, whatever it was, it was too much to be picked up along a brand new right-of-way, an entrance, uh, El Camino Real, if you will, the main drag into town. And if you haven't noticed, they've been working on Campus Parkway nonstop to get that thing completed where the terminus of Yosemite Parkway, very close to UC Merced, You'll still be going down Lake Road, but I'm telling you, that is going to be a development corridor. And to have this kind of blight along that corridor is just its just incredible. And to see the amount of traffic. And, of course, that was all city crews because somebody made a comment on Facebook. Hey, why can't the city do the alley rally? And Matt said, well, guess what? They're over there. Uh, you know, Mayor Mayor Matt said they're, uh, they're over there, uh, you know, uh, picking up trash along Campus Parkway. So there's no shortage of trash. I'm sure these events will continue. To those folks that participated, thank you. I don't know how much longer we're going to have to do this. Again, I remember the good old days in May when we used to ride our bikes down the bike path with the mayor. Uh, but now we're, uh, you know, we're cleaning up the cleaning up the trash. So that was uh, that was a big deal. Let's see, the thirteenth and G. I told you there's going to be a maintenance agreement with Caltrans. I don't know if they're going to tear the sign down. I think there's two signs right there. When you get onto the on-ramp, as with most on-ramps in California, I don't think they put them on the off-ramps because you'd be going the wrong way and you really wouldn't see it, right? So the idea is when you get on, there's this big sign that says, one, no pedestrians, no bicycles. Uh, you know, they don't want anybody walking on the uh, you know side of the freeway uh, riding a bicycle. There are certain freeways you can ride a bicycle. That sign is not there. But most of the time it says that. And, of course, no camping, no loitering, no stopping, no parking. Remember when you used to uh, see the... Little yellow, when cars had antennas and somebody would break down on the side of the freeway, they'd put that little yellow piece of paper there. And that would just be uh, literally a flag for the next tow truck that went by to pick up, contract tow truck, to pick up that car and get it off the freeway because you can't impede the freeway. It's, a, it's what they call it, a freeway. You know, it's kind of a really important uh, thing for commerce, you know, making money, that kind of thing. Now it's become a campground. It's become a residence. There are cars parked over there, again, in violation of the sign. So, you know, at least get rid of the signs. This, uh, you know, it, it makes a great picture, a great photo op, but it's so incongruous, and it really gets down to the issue of sovereignty and uh, really giving up our enforcement, our authority over our society within our borders 
and anything goes. It's it's, it's really it's really really sad. So again, the uh, truck alley rally. I understand there's going to be a uh, another business promotion this time for the branding iron, which I didn't know they were suffering. So I mean, I, I know all businesses are suffering, but the BI kind of a well heeled crowd uh, that goes over there. Of course, these have turned in. I don't know if these are campaign events or not. We have the same three Democratic politicians, uh, which I know the mayor's race is nonpartisan, but uh, <laughs> anyway, the same uh, three Democratic part- uh, politicians uh, host these events. I don't know what they do to host them other than holding office. That would be Adam Gray, Josh Pedrozo from District 2, which uh, the Branding Iron isn't in his district, but hey, what the heck. And, of course, Mayor Matt Serrato, who's uh, quite the personality out there in the social circles and uh, always having these little uh, fundraisers, I guess you'd call them, for the businesses that have been affected. Which one hasn't? Tell me which one hasn't by the COVID-19 situation. And it's good to see at least the mayor is business-friendly. I know some of the council members, uh, not not so much, or. Uh, Somewhat critical of business, especially when it comes to fruit vendors. It'll be interesting. There's an issue on the city council meeting coming up this uh, Monday night. Merced City Council meeting coming up Monday night. uh, Discussing the uh, vendors, the street vendors. Uh, In the staff report, it was interesting. They had a letter from the city of Los Angeles from 2017 written by a, what do they want to call it? Community organizing organization asking for forgiveness uh, don't don't uh, prosecute, don't uh, enforce some of the laws, you know, that you would for brick-and-mortar stores, you know, give these folks a chance. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the Merced situation, especially in light of what we saw in Atwater last month at the city council meeting where one of our council members from the city of Merced stood up in an official capacity and berated not only the mayor but the rest of the council, very rude rude in her behavior but again crickets from this council crickets from the city manager and i say this council the merced city council crickets from the mayor no comment made whatsoever very interesting to me so again business friendly i I guess we'll see monday night hey we're out of uh, time for the first segment lots to cover not going to get to it all but we'll try my name is casey steed the voice of your valley on merced's news talk 107.3 fm 14 a.m kyos stick with us we'll be right back Saturday morning, second segment, 8 a.m. May 15th, 2021. Hey, here we are. Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Great news for our listeners. We may be doing... Well, I know we're going to be doing because they asked me to do it already. A uh, evening news show. That's right. For those of you... Well, let's put this on pause. For those of you that just can't get enough of that Merced County morning news in the morning, and we appreciate you listening, for those of you that do, we are going to start a evening news show. Oh, when do they tell me i got to be in here? I think the 24th, a couple of weeks from now, 6 and 6. So the Merced County morning news is is going to change to the Merced County AM, PM news. I don't know what we're going to call it. we got to come up with some clever name. Hey, if you ever want to send us something, 
a suggestion. Uh, let me know how you really feel. Uh, PSA at 1480kyos.com. I realize we haven't been giving that out. I should let folks know that our old email address, it was real simple, PSA at radiomerced.com. That's history. has been for a long time. Unfortunately, the way it left us, we were not able to send out a, uh, what do you want to call it, a forwarding email, let people know that that has changed. So we haven't been getting a lot of things. I was talking to our friends at MCOE, Nathan Quavedo. He goes, hey, have you been getting the emails, haven't you? I go, no, what what emails? I, I kind of forgot that we used to get those. Chamber of Commerce, Merced County Chamber of Commerce, Commerce used to send those to us. All kinds of folks. So again, if you are inclined, you're a private organization, uh, nonprofit organization private organization having some sort of fundraiser that sort of thing we deem it uh <laughs> psa worthy which let me tell you we have a low bar send it on in to psa at you know the little at symbol looks like a at symbol 1480kyos.com all one word i don't think the case matters uppercase lowercase just get it in here yeah and that should come to my uh, workstation at some point hey you know i wanted to read i just couldn't help this there was an article, my favorite paper, that's right, the Merced County Times, the May 13th edition. And there was an article in there on the front page above the fold, which I have to take just a moment and talk about the picture above the fold showing the hundreds of residents packing Main Street in downtown Merced during the Mercado on Cinco de Mayo, which was the 5th of May for you folks that didn't pass Spanish. Uh, that was a great event downtown, sponsored by the Hispanic Chamber, all kinds of people Talking to the chamber president, I think she mentioned, I thought there was 750 people. I think there was like, out of one to that. I think there was like 1,700, 2,000 people. It was amazing. It's like Mercy Gulch days, except Cinco de Mayo. But anyway, on the same page, on the right, it said, county moves to consolidate permitting into one department. And I had to, first of all, it says Jonathan Whitaker. Now, he he's the uh, story editor, on the story writer on this. He's been there a long time. And I thought, well, maybe... You know, sometimes you you got a file that you you saved, I don't know, years ago, and you reprint it. I thought maybe that's what happened here, where they were reprinting an article from years and years ago, because hasn't the county moved to consolidate permitting into one department before? And again, this is dated May 13th, 2021. So I have nothing to do, very vapid lifestyle. So I went back through the Merced Sunstar, and I read from you two articles before I get to this current article, because again, folks, what's old is new again, and if we forget our history, we're doomed to repeat it, and I hate to say that, well, let me just read. This is a Dateline, November 27, 2009. There's two zeros here. 2009. Now, my MCOE math is not very good, as you know. So I know that if you took 2009 and put that on the bottom, and you had 2021 on the top, you're over 10 years, okay? Because 2009 plus 10 would be 2019. Well, let's do that together. That's 10. So it's about 12 years ago. Let me read. Business leaders are taking aim at Merced County. Well, the, the name of the article is Business Leaders Lose Confidence in Merced County Board of Supervisors. Did I say that? Let me read. Business leaders are taking aim at the Merced County Board of Supervisors in a draft letter obtained by the paper. Several Chamber of Commerce presidents are set to sign a letter of non-confidence in the county economic development programs, permitting processes, and planning programs. The letter states, for too many years, Merced County leadership has invested millions of dollars on economic development strategies and competing agencies that have not produced the promised results, jobs, and smart growth. The Merced County Chamber of Commerce's roundtable membership, which represents some 
3,000 businesses in Merced County voted to draft a letter at its October 27th meeting. Mark Hendrickson, again, this is dated from November 27th, 2009. Mark Hendrickson, the county's director of Commerce, and, Commerce, Aviation, and Economic Development, said he was surprised by the letter and the county officials weren't allowed to speak at the roundtable about their concerns uh, before the letter was drafted. He said the county is doing things to spur economic development, including creating more enterprising, more enterprise zones, uh, counseling for small businesses in areas such as Delhi, and competing for state grant that would designate the former Castle Air Force Base as a, quote, innovation hub. This was in 2009, where entrepreneurs could gather and form small and build small businesses. Katie Albertson, a county spokesman at the time, so the county is taking many of the steps the chambers are asking for, such as speedier permitting through the preliminary application review process, which allows a panel to make some planning decisions more quickly. She said, we understand that prospective businesses need projects to be approved quickly. Again, this was in 2009. The Merced letter signatories argue that the county's economic development organizations are cumbersome, that the plan cumbersome that the planned one-stop permitting center was stalled and that a proposal to bank land for future specific uses was never taken seriously by administrative officials. Roundtable members are asking for information about the proposed one-stop permitting center, plans for improving the county planning department, and an overview of plans to attract businesses and employers. The draft had demanded county leadership responded to Steve Galicho, chairman of the Merced County Chamber of Commerce roundtable by December 6. Hendrickson became head of economic development for the county a year ago. Before that, he was president of the Greater Merced Chamber of Commerce about five years ago. He said it was a privilege to lead that organization, which is a long-valued leader in business here. So that was from 2009, November 27, 2009. No confidence, no confidence, vote of no confidence of the Board of Supervisors. Obviously, some time passed. Some money was spent. Actually, Hub Walsh, who was the supervisor in District 2, uh, put $100,000 of his own discretionary funds towards the creation of uh, the one stop. So now let me uh, fast forward. We're, we were at 2009. Now let's go to August 24th of 2012, about three years later. Again, the Merced Sunstar Challenge. The title of this article, Challenge, Make Merced Attractive to Businesses. Again, this is back in 2012, kind of, uh, you know, recession. Not a good time to be in business. A flooded building, staff research, and a vote by the Board of Supervisors are three key factors in an effort to make Merced County more business-friendly. As part of the Board's budget hearing Tuesday, supervisors unanimously, unanimously approved a one-stop development review center aimed at streamlining the permitting process for large companies, small businesses, and even UPON's residents. With an unemployment rate of 17.5%, whoo-hoo, remember 2012? County leaders see the move as a big step toward fostering business development and job growth. Larger firms will still have to undergo stringent environmental studies, but officials said there would be benefits for companies large and small. Mark Hendrickson, Director of Commerce, Aviation, and Economic Development for Merced County, said the move would help small businesses find success and help larger ones navigate governmental processes. The reality is really this, he says, doing business in California is very difficult. 
and we want to be the premier place within a very difficult day within a very difficult state to do that type of commerce. The plan will locate personnel from several departments to the second floor of the county administration building located at 2222 M Street. Though the floor won't be immediately remodeled as part of the move, those options may be considered by the board during another phase of the project. Management started moving personnel from Castle Commerce Center to the M Street location after heavy rains caused severe water damage in the building they occupied at Castle. What happened there? They were re-roofing the building. They didn't cover it, and it rained. It's full of asbestos. They decided to abandon it, and I don't. I think it's being used today, but that's where economic development was, way out there at Castle, which was kind of convenient if you wanted to build something at Castle because everything was there. But then they decided, hey, they decided, hey, let's move it all downtown. And uh, it didn't take long for the benefits of the move to become apparent. I, I go back to the article. Hendrickson said, by having our planning staff and our business license staff at the same counter, those who are coming in for in-home occupation permits, those who have entrepreneurial spirit who want to do something at home, they're walking out in 15 minutes with both their home occupation permit and their business license in hand. The cost of the project totals about $192,000, according to county documents. The county's capital improvement fund contributed $100,000, and another $100,000 came from Hub Walsh's special district fund. Now, these are the re-election slush funds that have now been reduced to about $40,000, and I give Darren McDaniel credit for trying to eliminate it all together. District 1, here's a blast from the past, District 1 Supervisor Johnny Pedroso said he hopes more efficient permitting centers will, uh, a, more effic- a more efficient permitting center will encourage other businesses to, sh- to set up shop in Merced. He said over the years, it's been a hassle. You have to go to the planning department, then you have to go across to the building department, then you have to go to the fire station, then you have to go to public works. And this way, everything's at one stop. It's a more friendly attitude. Mark Hendrickson explained how that runaround is about to exchange, about to change. Right now, as it stands today, we have the building division, we have the business license folks and the planning department already here. What we are going to be doing is bringing the fire marshal over here and bringing a person over from our roads division and from environmental health. Everybody who touches the development review process is now going to be co-located. I think that means together. Walsh, this is Hub Walsh, he was the supervisor District 2 way back then. Walsh said more benefits of the permitting center will be realized as the project continues. With 80% of our employers in this community being small business, we really think that this is really an opportunity to simplify the process for them. Now, this was done on, and guess who wrote the article? Mike North, who now works over there at the Death Star as a legislative analyst. You'll never see reporting like this anymore, and I really appreciate what Mike uh, wrote when he was a when he well when he was a reporter. This was August 24, 2012. Okay, now we're caught up. Now let's go to today. Let's go to today's edition of the Merced County Times, May 13th, 2012. County moves to consolidate permitting into one department. I read. I read. Scott Silvera, I'm excited that we're taking this huge step. And Scott Silvera, he was credited with bringing attention to some needed changes in the county's permitting process. Scotty went on to say, as county supervisor, when we get constituent calls, it's going to be nice to be able to make one phone call to one department head and say, hey, these are what the issues are. And then those issues can be addressed versus having to call three or four departments. To be clear, in recent years, the Board of Supervisors has taken a number of steps to create a one-stop concept for permitting, including the co-location of personnel on the second floor of the county administration building, 
the investment in permit tracking software, and the creation of a development services coordinate, coordinator position, to name a few. Now, there has been a lot of money shotgunned at this one stop for many, many years. We're going to talk about it after the break, but just to let you know, a supervisor makes $170,000, according to Transparent California. You go on the website, Transparent California, pull up counties, put in uh, any name, and there's the, there's the wage. Uh, CEO Jim Brown, who's quoted a little later in the article, uh, saying, hey, you know, sometimes uh, we have some problems. He makes uh, his uh, total compensation package this year, well, excuse me, 2019. They don't have 2020 in there. Probably, you know, COVID, a lot of numbers to crunch. Jim Brown's compensation package, the chief executive officer of the county, $509,368. And, of course, Mark Hendrickson, who's been in the job since 2008, $309,861. Now, if these are total compensation. This is what the taxpayer has to pay. They don't receive all of that at once. Those are benefits base wages, those type of things. You know, it all adds up. So, as you can see, we've spent a ton of money one stop, and I don't know how many how many times we're going to have to stop at that stop sign before we get satisfaction. This is uh, really a continuation of a comment that Supervisor Silvera made months ago, not that many months ago, about the disappointment in one stop and the things that he was hearing about how it's still difficult, still, 11 years, 12 years later, to do business the County of Merced. We'll be back after this brief break to talk, to talk more about this. My name is Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Stick with us. Here we are. Saturday morning, third and final segment of the 8 o'clock hour. Yeah, it's a roller coaster out there. Just bringing you all the news that we can uh, bring you here on a weekly basis. Citizen Watch, my name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM. 1480 AM. Yeah, it's just a love roller coaster here, baby. Hey, we're just uh, making some comments on things we read in the news, and one of them was the one-stop center. Let us continue, because these segments go quick, and I have a tendency to run out of time. So we were talking about the one-stop permitting center, uh, this week's edition of the Merced County Times, my favorite little paper, the May 13th edition, volume 57, issue 19. Who knows? Who keeps track of that? But I read a couple of uh, articles going all the way back in the Wayback Machine, Mr. Peabody, to 2009, November 27th, Business leaders lose confidence in the Merced County Board of Supervisors. This was, uh, well, 21 to 9, I don't know, a long time ago. And then uh, from 2012, that's an easy one, that's 10 years, make Merced attractive to business, that's the challenge. Board of Supervisors with the previous supervisors. Interesting that John Pedroso, who was, uh-oh, what did I do? Oh, hit my volume. John Pedroso, who was a supervisor, uh, his son is now occupying that spot. Uh, ceremoniously, I, I don't know what he's doing, but maybe he'll have some. Uh, maybe he'll help Scotty Silvera pick up where his dad left off years ago in trying to get the one-stop permitting center off of dead center, and really being something that helps people here in the county getting their permits. So I was reading about Scott, uh, Scotty Silvera, the supervisor, getting one hundred seventy thousand dollars a year with all of the 
benefits. As a county supervisor, when we get constituent calls, it's going to be nice to be able to make one phone call to one department head and say, hey, these are what the issues are. To be clear, okay, I talked about that. However, the multiple organizations involved with permitting were operating without a single point of responsibility. Or as Silvera put it, the point of contact people were answering to different bosses. Now, I read to you in one of the articles where they had made a uh, kind of a coordinator of developmental services, somebody to oversee this. So why, why hasn't you know, that been done over the years uh, already? I don't, I don't understand that. So now we have a single point of responsibility again? County CEO Jim Brown admitted candidly, and again, I'm so glad that he's candid, because again, I mentioned before the break, his base salary, while only $270,000 a year, the total compensation package for CEO Jim Brown, who has been in that position for quite some time. Now, I don't know if he was there back in 2009, 2011, 2012, but he's been there for quite some time. His total compensation package is $509,368. And he admitted candidly, hey, if we are honest with ourselves, this has led to some inconsistency, miscommunication, and at times, and at times, lack of accountability. Not often, but it has led to these things at times. So when you're making $509,000, a half a million dollars a year, now, there's 52 weeks in a year. If you get two weeks off for a vacation, and they get paid for that, you know, they cash that in. Did you know that? Yeah, they cash in their vacation and sick pay $40,000, $50,000 a year at Christmas. You guys get that, don't you, in the private sector? Anyway, uh, if you take the two weeks out, that's 50 weeks. Now, you know, here's why I'm going to impress you with my MCOE math. You take 50 weeks into $509,000, and that's almost... $5,000 a week. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a, isn't that a, no, wait a minute. No, that's $10,000 a week, isn't it? That's $10,000 a week. Holy moly. Anyway, if we're to be honest with ourselves, and I'm glad that Jim Brown is being honest with you and me, it has led to these things at times. Inconsistency, miscommunications, and miscommunication, and lack of of accountability. So after 12 years, we're going to get it right. Mark Hendrickson, the director of economic development, again, base pay of Mark Hendrickson, $168,000 a year with all of the benefits, the perks, the, well, I don't know, $309,861. He goes on to say he's been doing this since 2008, 2009. Uh, he touted the reorganization plan as a way to improve customer service streamline projects, let me turn the page, and be more responsive to a myriad, that's a big word, of community requests. He went on to say, we have the potential in front of us to do things more efficiently and really focusing on the important things of having a positive attitude and helping, be peop and helping people be successful as part of the permitting process. If I was getting $309,000, oh, sorry. Yeah, $309,000 a year, I would have a very positive attitude and I would be helping people with the permitting process as much as I could. Now, I love it when he says we have the potential in front of us. There's two kinds of energy, my friends. I love science, big STEM guy. 
There's kinetic energy, which is energy in motion. And there's potential energy, which is stored energy. It's like a battery. How many times do you go to the battery drawer, you get the double A and you shake it? Like that's going to do something. Well, we need to shake up developmental services to the point where we can start providing the services we've been promising to the constituents we've spent millions of dollars on since 2009 after we had a vote of no confidence from the Board of Supervisors. So we need to see some energy over there, energy in motion. So we've had a lot of potential for a lot of years. We know about our potential. We know about the potential out at Castle Air Force Base. We've heard about the potential. I've heard now there's out-of-the-park home run. It's coming down the road. How many times have we heard this? How many times have we heard this? And yet we still pay these astronomical salaries, which we're told we have to do to attract the type of personnel that will bring the type of business here. Hendrickson went on, we are going to be doing a better job. We haven't been doing a better job, but we're going to be doing a better job communicating both internally and externally. And again, trying to deliver the best possible customer service that we can. We are going to be owning what we do well, but we also need to own where we fall short. And fix things as they come so as to make sure the customer is getting the treatment that they deserve. How about the treatment they pay for? We know what they deserve. We know why government is there. We know why the permit center is there. The idea of having one stop is a great idea. Darren McDaniel, let me kind of finish this up. Uh, said board chairman. Darren McDaniel, he's the chairman of the board. Not only the senior member on the board, but the board chair. And he remembers all of these efforts of one stop. Of course, a lot of people that started this, Hub Walsh, John Pedroso. I don't know if John ever talked to Josh about one stop, economic development, anything going on with the county. We've, we've heard crickets from Josh about one stop since he's been elected. I think he mentioned he read a book to some school kids, a couple of, I don't colored a book, something. Said board chair, Darren McDaniel, we are trying. Again, everybody's trying, trying, trying. We are trying to move at the speed of commerce. Now, this is a little slower than the speed of light, folks, but a little faster than the glacial pace of government. Because, again, they've been trying this since 2009. Our economy, let me read from Darren's uh, statement. Our economy is moving at such a fast rate. We want to be able to keep up with that speed, and we don't want government to hold it back. So I would have to say that uh, Scott Silvera's observations as a new supervisor were spot on with some of the things he's heard on the West side about the problems trying to get through the permitting process at the County of Merced over there at 2222 M street. They have spent so much money on remodeling on computer programs, on staff, on personnel, but this time Rocky, you ever watch the Rocky and Bullwinkle sleeve uh, show, button up my sleeve. You know, a guy wants to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Never happens. Something always happens. Lion comes out, hat blows up. Poor Rocky and Bullwinkle. When are we going to get it straight over there at the County of Merced? This is self-admitted, folks. This isn't me criticizing. This is something coming up where we're again going to shotgun more money. We add up these wages, 509000 309000 Let's just take off the nine. Five plus three is eight. Then we add uh, how many supervisors over there? Five? Five at 170? Let's just round that down to 150. There's, there's uh, what, five times 250 or 150? That's, uh, that's a lot of money. That's 750,000. You got a million dollars a year over there 
but this time they're going to get it right. This time I'm going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. This time we're going to help the business community. We're going to be responsive. We have all this potential energy like a battery drawer. Let's get it going. Let's get the kinetic energy. When are we going to start doing something? How much more money do we have to shotgun at these ineffective processes? And again, if, if we ever talk about changing personnel, oh boy, that's when I get the calls. That's when I get accountability? Accountability? Oh no, Casey, you don't understand. Okay, let's finish up the segment with the Merced City Council meeting that's going to be happening Monday night. I'm going to run through the agenda very quickly. Again, 6 o'clock, in person, in chambers, finally. Uh, Public Works Week. Ken Elwin will be getting a reward for all the good work he does over there at Public Works. Maybe they'll give him a, a water faucet, I don't know, something like that. Youth Council is going to make a report, Youth Council Activities Report. This is something that Stan Thurston, former Mayor Thurston, was a big advocate of, getting the Youth Council. Kind of, uh, kind of has flown under the radar over the years. Again, uh, I think they're doing a good job. They're going to give a little report. Consent calendar, uh, quite a few issues. Not too much exciting. A couple of things. Uh, Hostetler, Ranchwood Homes. What does he call himself? Is it Ranchwood? I don't know. Stone Ridge, excuse me. Stone Ridge uh, Homes over there. They're going to build 32 plus 32, 60-something. No, I can do that math. 64. Over there at Mission Avenue, G Street, uh, Winder Avenue. Great uh, great to see more homes going in. I'm sure they're going to be a little expensive. This is phase four and five. I'm sure phase one through three were a little cheaper, especially when you look at the cost of building materials, that sort of thing. Again, I want to thank our guest, Lauren Ganella, for coming in last week. Absolutely wonderful interview. Uh, let's see. Declaration, uh, north portion of Arbor Way easement. This is a little, folks, uh, downtown, you know, there's been a lot of talk about parking. Well, way back when they did RDA, we have a parking lot over there by Tony's Cafe in between the old fire station, what, Big Bad Bubba's Barbecue, what is it now, uh, Ravello's, over there on 18th Street, right across from Wells Fargo, and there's a walkway, an Arbor walkway, between the two buildings located at 531 West Main. They want to give that back to the building owner. And my only concern is, uh, with parking being such an issue, why do we want to cut off accesses to parking lots? Now, I understand this has uh, been a problem with vandalism, with vagrants, with that sort of thing, but I thought we had a handle on that. I thought we had a, a zero-tolerance policy. So I would hope that the owner, if we're giving it back to the owner, would keep the uh, walkway open, uh, at least at least during the hours of operation. I can understand if you have some security concerns, because, again, the city maybe hasn't been as responsive as they should have with, with some of the problems down there. But, again, let's not forget what the purpose of that walkway is. Uh, maintenance service uh, for an elevator. It's just interesting to me, 19000 to maintain one elevator for a year. Of course, we have more than one elevators. Uh, we're going to buy fluoride for the water. Starts off at seventy-five thousand a year, goes to ninety-five thousand in year three. Just shows you inflation: twenty thousand dollar increase in two years just to fluoridate the water. Buy pharmaceuticals for the water here in Merced, Tree City, USA. Uh, March twenty, March twelfth of next year, twenty twenty-two. We're going to be part of a program to plant two thousand trees in the United States. Sixty-five of them here being in Merced. By March, that'll probably keep up with the number we've cut down since now. Again, it's very sad that uh, our squirrel population has nowhere to go. The trees are being cut down because the Modesto ash just doesn't work well here, especially when you don't uh, water them. Uh, what else? Uh, regional airport, they're going to decide on a vendor. Boutique Air is one of the ones. I just hope they keep the Vegas run. Don't lose Vegas, baby. It's about the only good thing happening that you can get out of here. Go to Vegas for a fairly cheap flight and then they're going to have a request to discuss 
Uh, Councilman Ornalis' uh, resolution to support uh, Merced Street vendors. And again, I think we can support all vendors, all businesses in the city of Merced that are permitted, licensed, and want to comply with the rules. We don't discriminate, right? That should be a no-brainer. Hey, here we are at the end of our show. I really appreciate you being with me. I couldn't do it without you every Saturday. Thanks again for Lauren Ganella coming in. After the top of the hour break, we're going to hear the balance of that interview with Lauren Ganella for those folks that listen to it at 6 o'clock. We don't want to leave you out. Next week, we'll have new content. I'm going to try to get somebody in here. I don't know who it'll be. But for now, I have to say goodbye. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. See you later. Love and you, you're the crazy